Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hey folks, stand by for our Super Tuesday Roundtable, but first, today's Bob Seska Show is brought to you by our Patreon page. In case you're not aware, we produce four podcasts every week. That means a new show every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Now, you might be wondering why you don't see the Friday show on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. That's because our Friday After Party podcast, with all of its revealing discussions about sex, drugs, rock and roll, and politics, is only available through our Patreon page. So please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party for just $10 per month. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, March 4, 2020, and this is a special roundtable edition of the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Today, I've invited two of my regular co-conspirators, Buzz Burbank from Buzz Burbank News and Comment and Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker Podcast to join me to recap Super Tuesday and what's ahead for the Democrats as we get closer to locking down a presumptive nominee. Plus, we'll look ahead to the general election and how either Bernie or Biden will take on the Trump machine in hopes of deposing our first tyrant chief executive. Meanwhile, make sure to support Buzz's show and Jody's show wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's bring in Jody and Buzz for our McLaughlin Group-style roundtable today. Thank you both for, for joining me today. Uh, on this uh, special roundtable episode. Normally, we do interviews on the Wednesday show, but right. today, because of the huge news of Super Tuesday, and no matter... Historical. No ma- yeah, historical. No matter who you're supporting in all of this, you have to admit that uh, yesterday's events were gigantic. I think we're in uh-huh. now a new phase of this primary season, but you know what? Before we get into Super Tuesday, wouldn't be a show without some Buzz Burbank dad jokes. It's great to be on the show with Jody again. Jody, I have to apologize to you and everybody else for my uh, disheveled appearance. Uh, (laughs) A a little rough today. On the way here, I got roughed up by Jill Biden. So that's why... A little disheveled. She is Batman. Jill Biden is Batman. 
I am I'm really, really glad Jody joined us today in case any anti dairy protesters rush the stage. <laughs> I got you, man. Don't worry, I got you. I feel safer. Uh, now I don't know I don't know if this is true, but I heard that if uh, Bernie Sanders wins, mm-hmm. uh, if Bernie Sanders wins, Aaron Sorkin is launching a new series about the White House called The Left Wing. Ah, I just read that in the trades. I was just thumbing through Variety, and there it was. Hey, 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 if Mike Bloomberg wants to give away a half billion dollars, I know a few podcasts he could support. Bingo! Yes! I completely agree with that. Mike Bloomberg, if you're listening, as as you always do, please send it to me. Send it to Mike us. Can, Mike <laughs> can do all it. All three of us. <laughs> yes. Right. And more. Yeah. Uh, and be, be, because of last night's uh, primary results, uh, after the shows, I, I need a little help from you guys. I, I need your help in uh, scraping the Tulsi Gabbard sticker off my bumper. <laughs> if you wouldn't mind just staying after a little for that. Okay. Yeah, I'll be right over. I'll, I'll help you out with that. I felt obligated. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so th- those of you who don't watch The Outsider on HBO won't get this joke at all. But you know what? I saw a picture of Tulsi Gabbard on Twitter come up, and I said, "Oh my God, El Cuco has done transforming." So, <laughs> thank, you very, thank you very much. That was my little joke. Oh, why don't I get a rim shot? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. God damn it! It really helps, doesn't it? The invisible drummer behind me is taking a nap. So um, okay, so Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from dash the dash bunker dot com, also at sexyliberal.com, Buzz Burbank from Buzz Burbank News and Comment. That's at Buzz Burbank. Realmnetwork.com, wherever you get your podcasts, etc. Okay, first things first. Um, the story of the night to me was all about turnout. I mean, the energy is gigantic yep. right now, which plays directly into this electoral model that I've been looking at for a couple of weeks now, uh, constructed by Rachel Bitekofer. And her model says entirely that this election is about the blue wave. It's about the energy going into this election. She is forecasting. And again, my ongoing uh, warning is don't get happy. But she's forecasting a gigantic blue wave. And in fact, what she's saying is to a certain extent, the candidate is not nearly as important as the amount of energy thrusting that candidate forward into the uh, general election and then uh, to election day ultimately. And what we had last night, everyone's been talking about the Virginia turnout. In 2008, it was around uh, 976,000. In 2016, it was about 722,000. Yesterday, it was 1.3 million. That was now uh, full-on blue state uh, Virginia, and the turnout, especially in Fairfax County and some of the northern Virginia counties, was reflective of all of that. That's pretty. That's a pretty big deal, I think. And uh, are are we seeing that? I haven't seen the other turnout numbers from some of the other states. Certainly, uh, Texas and, and California. I haven't seen the turnout numbers on that. Is it? Is this across the country, uh, uh, Jody? Yes. Are you Jody and Buzz? Are you guys seeing this? Uh, throughout all of the Super Tuesday states? I, I, I haven't seen the California turnout yet, but um, hold on. Sue, I believe it's Sue in Rockville, posted mm. on Twitter Yes, what she found. Here it is. Uh, a primary news source. Yes. <laughs> yes. She's yes. a brilliant news source. <laughs> absolutely. Um, she said that the, the turnout in Virginia was up by 23%, South Carolina up by 21 wow. North Carolina up by 20 Texas up by 27 Tennessee up by 19 Maine mm-hmm. up by 17 Alabama up by 22 mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma 16 and Colorado up by 12 So 
Amazing. About a twenty, about a twenty percent average, and yeah. in the case of Virginia, uh, the numbers were double the turnout of twenty sixteen, and uh, even more than the turnout for uh, Obama in two thousand eight, which is amazing. Yeah. Now, is is Virginia an open primary state or is it closed? I think it's, yeah, it, I think it's open. I think it's open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember when I, I used to live in Virginia, and right. I, you don't register as any party in Virginia. At least, at least it may have changed since nineteen eighty nine, oh. which is the last time. <laughs> I lived in Virginia, but uh, when at that period of time, you could uh, uh, register to vote without selecting a particular party. Mm-hmm. So I think that mm-hmm. means it's a it's an open primary. Yeah. So this is all indicative that what we're looking at is a a, a gigantic wave election, and I hope that comes true. Again, I, I am so the the nature of the emergency, and it's not necessarily Donald Trump. Let's be clear about this. I said this yesterday on the show. In fact, it's not that Donald Trump is this super colossus when it comes to. Uh, his electoral strategy in terms of his chances of winning. I mean, he's at about an average, about 43% nationally as far as his approval rating. So it's an uphill climb for this guy. I think he's, I think he's a weak incumbent and he would have needed to Mm -hmm. uh, face impeachment uh, over trying to cheat in the election, looking ahead at a Joe Biden uh, nomination if he wasn't a weak candidate in the first place. But the problem is, is that the nature of his presidency and the ramifications of a reelection of Donald Trump, I think puts this at a different level where it's not just it's not just Trump. We're just trying to make sure that he doesn't that some sort of fluke doesn't happen that allows him to be reelected. I think that's a pretty mm-hmm. fair explanation in terms of why the turnout is so gigantic. I mean, that's that's one part of it. But the other part, the other big story of last night is the fact that I think on Saturday for South Carolina, yeah. African-American voters sent a signal to white voters and especially white uh, college educated women that this is the guy. And so I think everyone was waiting for how are black people going to vote? How is the African-American demographic going to turn out? What's going to happen here? And then we all got that signal and said, okay, now, now they're all congealing around Joe Biden. We're all going to go in that direction too. Is that, uh, is that kind of where we are, Buzz? I don't know if I would characterize it that way, at least in its entirety. Uh, I absolutely, uh, the success in South Carolina was a factor, and and there's no question that the African American vote made that happen. Yeah. I don't know in these other 14 states from yesterday. I don't know if uh, voters really said that to themselves mm. going into the booth. Um, I I think it was a, a statement that uh, we don't want a revolution. We want to get rid of Trump, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's what many voters were saying. And and it, it goes to electability. Uh, exit polls showed that. Uh, let's see if I have this in front of me. Uh, well, younger voters did not turn out, for one thing, and that was right. one thing that hurt oh, Sanders yeah, yeah. severely. Yeah. Uh, for all the fervor and uh, the fierceness that we've seen online from uh, San- young Sanders supporters, mm-hmm. uh, and for all the crowds that have turned out for mm-hmm. him, yeah. Uh, you know, these rallies they're, or gatherings, perhaps, in, in retrospect, uh, because they didn't seem to go to the polls. Yeah. And that's uh, what as, happened in 2016 with him, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's worse this time. He's actually yeah. he's actually doing more poorly this time than he did in 2016. Wow. I wow. don't know if you guys have been hearing this, you know, because I have been an unab- unabashed Warren supporter. Um, yes. 
uh, <laughs> I have relatives and uh, other people that I know in real life mm-hmm. that are saying she should get out because she's just pulling votes away from Sanders. And it's like, you know what? F you. It's the primary. <laughs> she may, she may. First off, now that she, uh, the latest delegate to count for her is at sixty-one, and and Biden's over five hundred, and, and Bernie's like seventy delegates behind him still. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not counting the votes that he will get from the delegates that he will Biden will get from Buttigieg's people and Amy Klobuchar and now Bloomberg. Um, he will get those votes at the at the convention yeah, most likely. Yeah. If she drops out, fine. And then they're going. They, she better put her you know support behind Sanders. She does whatever she wants. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And, and, and which way do you think she'll go, Jody? I I was thinking about that this morning and I I don't know that I can predict. I don't know if she'll endorse anybody oh, right now. Interesting. You know, right. she she might wait till the convention until there's more delegates being, you know. Right. I remember Hillary Clinton didn't throw her delegates to Barack Obama until the convention. Well, and Bernie didn't stop fighting until then. I, I yeah, yeah, he didn't the, either. So, and for and for his supporters, I'm sorry for his supporters to say "get out now," Warren, when he was such a jerk last time. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're not. They're not helping their cause, and that's that. Stephanie's been talking about this. It's not helping your cause if you're trying to bully. And the, like I said, I have relatives. If you don't vote for Sanders, you're you're voting for Biden. I was like, no, I voted yeah. for Warren. Yeah, we may you be know. related, judging from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As much planning as uh, Bernie Sanders has done for this election, and and this goes back, I mean, this has been an ongoing campaign since 2015-ish, so Mm -hmm. five years of infrastructure on the ground, and a lot of that being grassroots. I feel like they really didn't account for the fact that this uh, young voting block is completely unreliable, and we saw that again Yesterday, it's tragic. I I wish they were more reliable. Yeah, but, I know, but, Absolutely. but they're not. Yeah, that's yeah. The reality of it. What's shocking about that is I look at uh, news events like Parkland, for example, and the rise in uh, kids, teenagers, high school kids, in in most cases, uh, starting to get active in politics, and especially at the national level, and emerging as real sort of household names, pushing for gun control measures and so on. And uh, I thought maybe, and this is me being foolish, I thought maybe that would account for at least a modest spike in uh, turnout. But that has not materialized. Not among them. And the other challenge that that Sanders is facing, well, there are several, actually. I think he's got a rough road ahead of him, to Mm -hmm. be honest, from the things I've been able to assess so far today. Uh, He missing the youth vote uh, that he was uh, so counting on is one. One is uh, the caucuses are gone. It's all primaries from here. And he doesn't perform as well in primaries as he does in caucuses. and and the exit polls also showed uh, yesterday that uh, most voters are looking for somebody who they believe can beat Trump. And by a two to one margin, in many cases, uh, voters think that Biden is the more likely victor in a, a battle against Trump. Yeah. And, and here's the calculus I think voters were going in with. And I, I still stick with my, uh, you know, South Carolina African-Americans kind of it, said it's going to be Biden vital. and yeah and, but yeah. but on top of that I think the key with Joe Biden versus Bernie Sanders uh, in terms of how they're going to proceed through a general election scenario against the Trump machine is that I think people decide I think voters decided 
that the communist thing, as much of it is, I mean, it's complete bullshit. Right. The communist right. attack against Bernie Sanders. We all know that. Absolutely. But Absolutely. I think voters uh, believe that that attack is going to stick to Bernie Sanders more than Ukraine, Burisma, Hunter Biden mm-hmm. will stick to Joe mm-hmm. Biden. And the reason being is, first of all, Joe Biden's a really nice guy. I mean, James yep. Clyburn said it very nicely. He's a good man. That was the, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the quotes that's going to propel Joe Biden. That's going to be the centerpiece of the Joe Biden image moving through the rest of this campaign. And then on top of that, Hunter Biden, Burisma, Ukraine, lots of Cyrillic language, lots of hard to pronounce names, lots of confusing <laughs> right. conspiracy right. theories and so on. Apart from the people who believed in Pizzagate and all that crap, I think especially voters realized yesterday that that's not going to stick to Joe Biden the way communism, socialism, whatever they're going to throw at Bernie Sanders will stick to Bernie Sanders. Probably because of the videotape that we've seen, the 60 Minutes tape and some of the others that have popped up along the way. So I think that's making voters panic a little bit, too, about Bernie Sanders. Plus, we can't underestimate, and this is just a weird thing about Democratic electoral politics, we can't underestimate the influence of shows like Morning Joe. I think Morning Joe Uh set this... You know, we used to joke about it in Blogosphere 1.0, the very serious pundits on uh, cable news. It was, it was the very serious <laughs> thing right. was sarcastic and snarky right. with re- with regard to that. But yet, I think people still take that seriously. Jody, do you uh, do you see that as a, a factor, too? Do you see that the, the cable news uh, punditry has somehow influenced Democrats to go with the safe bet rather than the untested, uh, alleged socialist? Um, for some people, sure. I think it's more of a gut thing yeah. Yeah. than it yeah. is a cable news thing, to mm. be honest. I think that's just what people's guts are telling them, uh, yeah. my guess. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, the other interesting thing about uh, Elizabeth Warren, before we leave her completely behind, is she's still a major factor in this race, mm-hmm. especially as it concerns Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Because as long as she remains in the race, that also works against Sanders because uh, there's the Medicare for all crowd divided. Uh, that's another. Uh, this race, uh, from top to bottom has been nothing but interesting and right now uh, to me the dynamic to watch is uh, the elizabeth warren uh, effect on on bernie sanders along with the other factors that we mentioned but uh, we have gone in in the last 24 hours from uh, a sharply or at least widely divided moderates Mm -hmm. to Uh uh, now the moderates are united and only the progressives are divided between bernie and elizabeth yeah. So yeah. yeah, only the only division, the only we we were uh, completely subdivided. Now only the progressive side is subdivided. Right. I, I think I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to do a McLaughlin Group question here. Um, okay. On a scale of one to ten, ten being most important, one being least important. How important is okay. the vice presidential selection uh, of either of those guys, given their Absolutely. age? I, I'm going to go with the answer you've given. Absolutely crucial. I'll give it a ten. Crucial, okay, ten. Yeah. What Absolutely. about you, Jody? Very. 10? I agree completely. I have 20. 20. Uh, Wrong! Wrong! The answer is 10. Wrong! The answer is 10. I mean, it's it's super important um, because of their ages, and they're both old white guys. Yeah, I mean, we're looking, and I don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse here because my focus is entirely on November 3rd and winning. What happens after that, we can worry about that tomorrow. But for now, I feel like we're kind of looking at, just for the sake of conversation, 
we're looking at one-term presidents, whether it's Joe Biden, whether it's Bernie Sanders. So the vice presidential nominee in all of this is going to be crucial because they're going to essentially be the heir apparent to the uh, whichever legacy it happens to be, Biden or Bernie Sanders. These guys are, are kind of in place to stop the hemorrhaging, to get us back on track as a country, and then we can proceed legislatively with some of the changes we want to we want to do. But I think in the meantime, right. the focus has got to be exclusively on defeating Trump and planning for what's going to happen in 2024. Because again, I don't, <laughs> I'm getting way ahead of myself on this, admittedly. <laughs> yeah. But I'm seeing this as the potential for not only for Donald Trump to potentially run again, to pull like a Grover Cleveland in 2024, but also uh, the potential for maybe Don Jr. or Ivanka or something like that down the road. So I'm just thinking in terms, so that that has a near-term necessity in terms of planning for that because uh, the vice presidential nominee of either candidate has to be prepared to face possibly another Trump in four years. And so... That's kind of what I'm looking at with all of this. Now, in terms of Biden as the nominee, um, I was talking about this earlier, where Joe Biden is kind of framed as the good man, the decent man, who is going to contrast himself against the tyrant Donald Trump. Yes. Um, You know, one of the things I've said in the past week or so that I'm kind of backpedaling on is the fact that Joe Biden is not the greatest when it comes to attacking Donald Trump. But the re- the way I'm backpedaling on that is to say that he doesn't necessarily need to be. And part of this is our conversation yesterday, Buzz, and part of it is a conversation I had with uh, Kimberly Johnson the other day, which is to say that, again, the good man factor, the decent man factor. Look, if he look, can, they, the very contrast of Biden versus Trump is going to say all that needs to be said about Trump, right? Right. Uh-huh. And and we, uh, the Republicans, with this whole thing about Biden and Burisma, if that's going to be their strategy, and apparently it would be, yeah. they're going to run into the same trouble uh, Democrats ran into when we tried evidence. You know what we found out? Mm-hmm. As hard as everyone worked, bless their hearts, uh, the American people just didn't really, weren't moved by evidence. Evidence mm-hmm. did not move the needle you can have we found out you can have all the evidence in the world and it doesn't change anything so what what does change things uh, emotions and if it comes down to an election uh, between nice and nasty i'm pretty sure nice will win and if we if we if we dumb it down to that level and maybe we should maybe we've all been overthinking it in that way yeah maybe it's just a matter of nice versus nasty right mm-hmm. right what do you think jody I, I think he's right because Buzz is really smart. <laughs> oh, oh, stop it! Yes, he is. <laughs> oh, pshaw! Well, so, um, you know, Tom Hartman had an interesting because he's also very smart um, mm-hmm. idea, and I guess the president of Mexico, AMLO, did this this when he was running. He picked well. He talked about who he wanted to pick for his cabinet while he was still running mm-hmm. before he even got his nomination. Yeah, love it. And so Biden and Sanders would be kind of wise to go, look, if I am the nominee, these are the people I would like to serve in my cabinet, A.G. Kamala Harris. Yeah, um, look at the yeah. field they have to work Secretary with. Secretary of Labor, maybe Warren or Commerce. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and start going, these are the people, I, Secretary of Defense or State, maybe um, 
Pete Buttigieg, you know, and start going, you know, if these people are interested, I would like to offer them these cabinet positions, which tells the voters how they're going to govern. Absolutely. Brilliant. And and they don't necessarily have to agree, like Julian Castro to do whatever, whomever to do whatever. These people don't have to agree to it, but the bubble can be out there, except Mm -hmm. Tulsi Gabbard, just go away. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, And, you know, in fact, G. Gordon Liddy's favorite guy, John Dean. (laughs) John Dean! Uh, tweeted this the other day. He said, if Biden announces tomorrow he will ask Kamala Harris to be his VP, Bloomberg to be his Secretary of Treasury, Elizabeth Warren to be Secretary of Education, Amy Klobuchar as AG, Adam Schiff as uh, DNI, Director of National Intelligence, plus that he will prosecute all Trump administration corruption, dot, Mm -hmm. dot, dot, race over. Exclamation yeah. Oh, mark. Yeah. yeah. Don't you think? I yeah. absolutely so agree with that. And so that's a I think that's a really good bit of advice, the Mexico uh plan. Mm-hmm. Again, what that does is that creates a coalition around exactly. this very decent man. And you have kind of a team that is uh, I hate to say indomitable, but I mean I think th- this is yeah. this would be like a dream team. I mean, this would be like, uh, what was that year where the, the, the dream team played in the Olympics, the basketball team? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, everybody, a, that a, yeah. It's a sports ball question. Sports. I'm sorry. Sports. sports. Yeah. Yes. I love the sports. Not, not, not qualified. Yes. That you was, like the uh, sports ball. <laughs> it was Michael Jackson on that team, right? And yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Michael Jackson. Kobe was, Stakes. Uh, and uh, who else? Uh-huh. Yes. I don't yes, know. I don't know who was on that team. Yes. But it I was remember. Kobe and Shaq, and it, it was a huge there. team. It was yes. an amazing team. Yeah. I'm glad you're here, Jody. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a, a phenomenal idea. Obviously, it's one of those ideas that you would see in like a Hollywood movie, but stra- stranger things have happened uh, these it, days. It, it makes Joe Biden look so much stronger if he has this group of people standing yeah, behind yeah. him. Uh, picture just a, a photograph in your mind of uh, just Joe, mm-hmm. and now picture Joe with the people we've been mentioning yeah. uh, behind him, like it's the opening of a TV show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was wrong, by the way, with the sports. It was Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley, okay. Will, and Will, Shaq and Scottie Shaq. Pippen, you know. We'll, I think we'll, it was, fix it, we'll fix it in editing. <laughs> okay, good. I don't think Carl Kobe. Malone, I don't think it was. Miller. I don't think it was Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is later. No, he wasn't. He was. Yeah, he was later. Yeah, he was. Yeah. This was the '96 team. Was this this team? And it did yeah. include Shaq and Scottie Pippen and uh, Charles Barkley. It was a great team. I'll never be on ESPN <laughs> ever, 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 ever. But yeah, I'm the uh, Keith Oberman of this show. <laughs> so re- seriously, I mean, I think in that sense, you'd have a bunch of really effective attack dogs. I mean, you'd have a bunch of surrogates, and I think this needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you, yeah. the, the way you also that- you also have that image of strength. I want to really yeah. emphasize yeah. that it's an image mm-hmm. of strength. Picture that picture exactly. exactly. And so, what it also allows Joe Biden to do is to maintain. Right that decent guy, the good man yes. persona. Yes. So you yes. you dispatch the attack dogs with maybe right. say Bloomberg's anti-Trump messaging. Well, Biden maintains the good man persona. Biden also needs uh, like the best of the best speechwriters, as far as I'm concerned. And the way he wins is to stay on script. Nothing <laughs> nothing goes out mm-hmm. that is unplanned. He needs to stick to the proper. And, th- and there's nothing wrong with that. I think he could say, no. I think he could take a Ronald Reagan approach to running. And I'm not talking about politically. I'm not talking about in terms of policy. But I'm, yes, ta- I'm talking in terms of being the elder statesman of the presidency. To be that nice guy, to smile and wave and deliver his speeches and then let all of these people around him 
do the dirty work in the business mm-hmm. of attacking, mm-hmm. attacking, attacking, because there's going to be just a barrage, as we've seen for the last three plus years, just this ongoing fire hose of news. And that's going to continue. But I don't know that Joe Biden has the the uh, nimble feet to be able to. Uh, deflect all of those attacks. No, no, but right. here's here's what put my you know nobody and Jody. Here's where I went, I'm with you on Warren. Is there there has been and is no candidate in the race who would be as formidable in a debate against Donald yes. Trump yeah. than Elizabeth Warren. Period. Absolutely. End of story. Uh, there's no there's no wiggle room here. It's her. It's without a question. And then you have Joe, who's made a series of uh, gaffes lately as. Joe tends to do, mm-hmm. uh, but but uh, Trevor Noah greatly put my mind at ease last night on the Daily Show when he pointed out that in a debate, when uh, Biden uh, stumbles over things and you know uh, trails off on the Declaration of Independence, uh, the good news is Donald Trump won't know anything's wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> because because he he is uh, too uninformed to be able to, to counter that. Right, right. Well, and that's also going to be a thing. I mean, that's going to be a thing until November third. It's going to be a thing beyond that. They're just going to yes. constantly attack Joe Always, Biden forever. for the gaffes, right? Right. And yes, that is extremely frustrating, especially as someone it who is. has followed all of Donald Trump's you know ongoing malaprops and, See, and you know we. We wouldn't have to worry about that with Elizabeth Warren. Right. But it That's just true. gets down to she doesn't have the numbers. I she don't know why. She doesn't have the numbers. I don't, I don't know, know why, why either. I don't know I, why. I mean, yeah. there was a great thing in Vox about why. Um, uh, I posted it earlier today. And it's a, it's a reasonable opinion. And look, people like me like her. But not everybody that votes in the Democratic primary is like me. Okay, we'll get back to our roundtable here in just a second. But first... Here's an assignment for you. Picture your face in the mirror. Do you see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about crow's feet or large under-eye bags? Now imagine that they've disappeared. And I'm not talking about plastic surgery. I'm not talking about Botox or fillers or any of that crap. I'm talking about Plexiderm, a clinically studied topical serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in just minutes. It's the edge you've been looking for. Folks, I know you've seen all these products that claim to reduce the appearance of brown spots and things like that. Those are products that you need to use every day for months and months and months, but that's not the case with Plexiderm. In order to get rid of your fine lines, wrinkles, and crow's feet, under-eye bags, and everything like that, all you got to do is wait 10 minutes with Plexiderm. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear, so nobody's going to know that you're using it. Go to TryPlexiderm.com and use my code VOICES for 50% off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm plus an extra $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. You can also get this offer by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning the code VOICES to the operator. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code VOICES at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com, code VOICES. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. I don't think it's any secret that my preference, if I were to really get out there and, and start campaigning for someone, my preference would be Elizabeth Warren. But what I have seen online as far as attacks against Elizabeth Warren one of the things I've seen mostly is it comes from the never Trumpers, but this is just, I mean, it's a small portion of the uh, voting population, but at the same time, they have a lot of influence. And, right. and one of those attacks is 
Uh, it's more along the lines of a nickname. It's uh, Liz from HR. Rem- right. Buzz, remember Miss Bobby? <laughs> I, I do. I, I do very that's, well. That's the kind of person they're comparing Elizabeth Warren to. And it is unfair and it is unwarranted because if she, was, if she wasn't as tough, then they would accuse her of not being tough enough to go up, up against Donald Trump. Uh, so it's a no win. For Elizabeth Warren, ultimately, and, what I think what what I think it comes down to um, is that uh, in this age in which political campaigns and especially candidates are based, I would say, in significant portion on the idea of identity, and I think people mm-hmm. saw, and this is just the most simplistic way to explain it, people saw. Woman lost to Trump, therefore woman can't beat Trump. Elizabeth Warren equals woman, therefore Elizabeth Warren can't beat Trump. That is kind of the calculus happening maybe in some voters' minds. I think there's an endemic uh, subconscious uh, prejudice against Mm. women candidates. It isn't, Uh you know, even I think even in the minds of men and women who believe themselves to be enlightened, there is still that sort of prejudice that they they aren't entirely aware of. And the other thing I've noticed, if I may, Jody, is that things seem to stick to women more than they do yes. mm-hmm. men. Uh, the, the the whole Pocahontas thing with the, the DNA test and all that, uh, you know, I haven't heard anybody talking about it lately, but it, it stuck with her image. Yeah. And uh, it seems to fall off of men, but it, it seems to stick to female candidates like her and Hillary Clinton. Yeah, it does. And and just to, just to remind everybody out there in podcast land um <laughs> trump lost the popular vote by nine million nine hundred thirty nine thousand fifteen votes which yeah. included the seven million that voted for a third party candidate um, and the 65 million that voted for hillary clinton right. so hillary clinton beat him anyway but more people did not vote for him <laughs> than yeah, voted I, for him that's true and so that's an important thing and hillary clinton did beat him and she did legitimately beat Bernie Sanders in 2016. And like you said earlier, Buzz, these are primaries now, and Bernie does not do well in primaries because primaries are actually more Democratic voting. Yeah, yeah. I sometimes uh, check in with my mom, and my mom kind of represents, I think... You should call your mother. (laughs) That's right. Never call your mother. I really, really try. And what I do (laughs) is, you know, I'll check in with her about who she's supporting on the Democratic side. And she's Uh, a Democrat now, and, and... for quite a while, she was talking about Joe Biden as her favorite. Why? He's a decent man. And then mm-hmm. uh, she kind of moved away from Joe Biden when Joe Biden kind of fell out of favor and wasn't projected to win. And I think she started to look at uh, Mike Bloomberg. But every once in a while, the topic of Elizabeth Warren will come up and she'll say, yeah. I don't think Elizabeth Warren is presidential. And I wonder if that is just patriarchy Gener- generational generational maybe yes. yeah but obviously yes. some of this especially given the level of turnout among women so far on the democratic side uh women i think are generally in agreement maybe not with that specific criticism but if kimberly johnson were in here she would say yes the patriarchy runs deep even into women Absolutely. democratic voters and so uh, that may yeah. explain also uh, why Elizabeth Warren. Because, you know, one of the things that I keep looking at with Elizabeth Warren is I think she's enormously presidential. And I'll tell you, yeah. What, yeah, I, I mean, do. At, at the very least, she has a presidential sounding name. I mean, yes. Elizabeth Warren <laughs> sounds like it would be the name of the first woman 
president, right? It was, mm-hmm. I mean, call, we've had call, call me kinky, but I want Liz from HR to run the country. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you sure you're not going to write in Miss Bobby from WJFK? You know, and I, I really just I, without going into what is a wonderful story about her, let me just say that she. <laughs> She is, is was gruff on the outside, but yeah. just as a sweetie, a softie on the inside. Oh, she loved and me. I, 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 I suspect the best, the same thing is true of Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, yeah. Well, meanwhile, uh, Mike Bloomberg is out as of today. He has endorsed, not unsurprisingly, Joe Biden. Uh, and it also looks like his team is going to continue working on ads, which I good. was yes. very good. relieved good. to good. see good. and hear. And, and podcasts. Yeah, podcasts, also, yes. Podcasting, also, yes, podcasting. Too. And mortgages, mortgages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and speaking of uh, of tough guys and, and fights, uh, how about, and we jo- <laughs> and very, very funny jokes at the beginning of the show about this, but how about those protesters rushing to the stage? I mean, talk about a terrifying moment. I went right back to 1968, Bobby Kennedy, California. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. all of these things start flooding into my mind as I'm seeing yep. these two protesters rushing the stage. And then I'm thinking, how the hell did these two protesters get within swinging distance I of, know. you know, someone who could be the Democratic nominee? <laughs> I mean, there was a, a gap in security happening there, yeah. too. With yeah. with two dozen candidates as we had initially, obviously you can't the Secret Service cover all of them, right? And nobody really knew. But that shouldn't he have that anyway? Because he's an ex vice president. Uh, he only got it for six months, and oh. then uh, like a like a trial subscription, it runs out. Uh, and you're, you're 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 on your own, and you have to hire your own security or go without. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you know, but the candidate should certainly have it. It's just that this election turned so quickly to basically a two right. old white guy race. Yeah, that uh, you probably couldn't get it in place fast enough. It, it has to be ordered. There's a process for getting it. Uh, I think uh, a Biden campaign spokesperson said uh, when asked about is it time for Secret Service protection, they said, "No, nah, we got Jill." Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was that was really that was really their answer. Yeah, because she did a thing. I mean, she, she did a badass. whole. Uh, Rachel Maddow yeah, was yeah. saying. Uh, Ra- Rachel Maddow was describing it as a like a wax on, wax off maneuver. She did like <laughs> yeah. a karate kid right. thing. Uh, it to- it kind of was. There's a detailed description, a blow by blow. Exactly. I guess the the Washington Post slowed down the video and analyzed and and wrote about every single <laughs> move that she made about grabbing wrists and everything. it was very detailed on how Jill Biden fended off this this assault uh, yeah, apparently yeah. the these vegans these ferocious vegans uh have also uh attacked uh or, or gone after at least uh, both bernie sanders yeah. and elizabeth warren mm. so uh, they're not new uh but uh, yeah it's time now we didn't know really until this week but now we know it's time for secret service protection for yeah. all of the remaining candidates. Yeah, I, I just, as an animal rights guy, I just am disgusted every time I see something like that because I feel like every time that there's some right. yeah. uh, over-the-top attack or some sort of pieing or whatever, what's the new thing, the, the glitter bombs and so on, Yes, that kind of shit terrifies me. And it's not just, I don't just feel terrified for the victims, uh, whether it's Ann Coulter or Joe Biden, it doesn't matter. It's just an uncomfortable thing to observe. But at the same time, I'm uncomfortable for the cause. I'm embarrassed right. Right. for the cause right. because yeah. I feel like they right. said it yeah. way, way back. Because people don't want to be associated with things right. that are embarrassing and mortifying. <laughs> 
And so yeah. it's like the opposite of what we talked about yesterday, Buzz, with regard to crowd sizes, where people have a fear of missing out now when they see big crowd sizes uh, right. happening on video, on social media, and they want to be a part of it. But likewise, if they see animal rights protesters storming a stage and doing something that was in the moment, just we joke about it now, but in the moment, it was a terrifying bit of uh, live video happening in front of our faces. And people just don't want to be associated with that. So consequently, uh, you know, the animal rights cause is uh, I, kind of takes on this weird fringy thing, which it shouldn't take on. Mm-hmm. I happily I support. I happily support the SPCA. And yeah. uh, but if you want my glass of milk, you will have to pry it from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, again, I don't know if that uh, sprung out of uh, who was who was criticizing uh, dairy uh, recently. Oh yeah, it was um, oh, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix at the Oscars. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it was kind of pegging off of that. I I blame Devin Nunes's cow. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the other upside of this gigantic turnout that we're seeing: yes. down ballot races, which are going to yes. be. So important, if for no other reason, to be a stopgap should the crazy thing happen, should the worst case scenario happen, which is Donald Trump getting reelected, we may win back the Senate. And it's already, I keep uh, beating this horse, that uh, on the map, the, the Republicans are at a great disadvantage going into November 3rd because they have to defend two dozen Senate seats to right. the Democrats who only have to defend right. just a little more than a half dozen. So right. just by the very nature of the number of Republicans that are up for grabs right now, um, including Martha McSally, uh, who's now losing to Mark Kelly, thank God, astronaut Mark Kelly. With, with that in mind, I think this level of turnout could be the thing that throws the entire Senate over the Democrats, maybe even with a margin of a couple of seats, and certainly adds to the House totals. And then the other important aspect of this, too, are the state and local races. Because, I mean, one of the things that we've been talking about all along is how the Democrats really need to focus a little bit more on state and local races, because that's where all of the, well, not all of them, but certainly where gun laws are being passed or not passed, as the case may be. Certainly a lot of these trap laws uh, with regard to abortion rights are being passed at the state level, too. So winning back more state and local uh, governments, I think, uh, certainly at the state legislature level, is going to be crucial in this election. And why not continue to ride that wave, right? And so Adam Parkamenko said this uh, about Maine in particular, looking at Susan Collins. He tweeted, Democrats just flipped a state house seat in Maine by 15 points tonight. And wow. it was a it was in a, a, a district that Trump previously carried by eight points. And he said, added here, terrible news for Susan Collins. And, and then the tweet of the night goes to Aww. tweet of the night goes to Soledad O'Brien, who said, I'm very concerned about this. <laughs> <laughs> obviously mimicking Susan Collins every time Trump does something. Susan Collins always well, very, very deeply concerned. Politics is is local, and 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 yes. uh, yeah, absolutely. These down ballot races are important. I think it, it may be time to shift our slogan to uh, "Vote Blue All the Way Through." Yeah. You might be surprised how many people vote only in the presidential election and mm-hmm. leave the rest of the ballot, the down ballot, blank. Yeah. Uh, and, and if so, if we can educate and encourage people. 
to just, if nothing else, if you if you don't know, when in doubt, <laughs> yeah. vote blue throughout. Well, and that's going to be key. The other key to all of this, and this is the thing that makes me nervous about Joe Biden being the nominee, and this has nothing to do with Joe Biden himself or anyone surrounding Joe Biden. This has everything to do with the uh, the resurgence, the inevitable resurgence of the Bernie or bust hotheads who are going to use that as a threat, use their vote for, say, Tulsi Gabbard, who I think is positioning herself as maybe a third party run for this. I know she's not running for the House again, so she's free and clear to run whatever she Mm -hmm. wants to run. And uh, stepping aside from a, a seat in the House of Representatives, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And and there has to be some justification for that. It certainly can't be I'm running for president in a serious way. It could right. be that she is going to betray the Democratic Party that she has been a part of for all this time and mm-hmm. run as a third party candidate. And so my concern is that the Bernie or bus people are going to jump over and, and, and support someone like Tulsi Gabbard or whoever the Jill Stein candidate happens to be. Uh, Some will, but yeah. I don't. I don't know. We, I we, don't think all will. I, th- I think. I think. Th- she only got one delegate in Samoa, right? Um, yeah. She's not getting the kind of traction that Jill Stein got because right. Jill Stein just kept running for president all the time. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, she did. So I, I don't see her getting the kind of traction that Jill Stein can get if Jill Stein decides to throw her hat back in the ring again. That little bleh. yeah. <laughs> from the numbers, from the numbers, we know that about forty-seven uh, percent of uh, Bernie supporters are not willing to support anyone other than Bernie. Fifty-three mm-hmm. percent of them, uh, just over half, yeah. of Bernie are. are I, you know, Bernie's the the greatest argument against Bernie Sanders is. Fifty percent of his supporters, <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the, yeah. the, I so the, agree the, with that. The, they, they have done probably more harm, uh, I think, to his cause than good. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and if you look at the numbers from 2016, and uh, once again, but I'm right there with you, Buzz, on the fact that I mean, one of the reasons why I don't support Bernie Sanders is because I don't like the behavior of his supporters. I don't want to be of them. I don't want yeah, half yeah. of them at least. I don't want to be in league with that group. It goes to the right. uh, fear of missing out thing I was talking about the crowds. I don't want to be a part of that kind of idea, that mindset. Um that is you know the burning or bust mindset, uh the antagonism online, all we, of that. That's that's toxic all, to me. Yeah. Were were he the nominee, we'd all vote for him. Right. But but if you wonder why we haven't been on the bandwagon uh, to the this point bob's just given the answer Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and then so if you look at 2016 and these are the numbers that scare the shit out of me when i talk about don't get happy this is one of the things one of the justifications for that so in 2016 trump uh won all those rust belt states um by less than one percent of the popular vote about ten thousand vote margin in Michigan, 22,000 votes in Wisconsin, 44,000 votes in Pennsylvania. At the same time, around 51,000 Bernie Sanders primary supporters flipped and voted for Trump in Wisconsin. 47,000 Sanders supporters went for Trump in Michigan. 116,000 Bernie Sanders supporters uh, voted for Trump in Pennsylvania. Those uh, second set of numbers, 
Those are more I, than the first set of numbers. I, 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 yeah, but I think that ship has sailed. I think this is a different situation than 2016 yeah. when a lot of Americans were looking uh, for somebody who would go in and turn over the furniture. Yeah. And there were two choices for that, uh, Bernie or, or, or Trump. Uh, now uh, there are more choices than that, and the majority seems to be supporting the guy who's least likely to turn over any furniture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so I, 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 you know, I, I think this is a much different race, and I, I think you worry too much. What? No, I, I, that's a, you know what? That's both are really good points. Uh, both are excellent points. I do worry too much. Uh, but, but I will say this, too, that I think maybe what will cancel out the burning or bust people is yeah. um, Republicans who voted for Donald uh-huh. Trump in 2016 oh, yeah. who want to save face. And the only Democrat that they're going to support is Joe Biden because Joe Biden as the good guy, as the nice guy, as the decent man who doesn't necessarily flamethrow Donald Trump every day, it allows them to save face. It allows them to change their vote in 2020 from being uh, Trump in 2016 to Joe Biden in 2020. And maybe those Republicans, those former Trump Republicans, uh-huh. maybe on uh-huh. the fringes of that red hat cult, who maybe are sick and tired of right. Donald Trump's incompetence and so on. They need a, a reason to be able to say, okay, I fucked up, but I don't want you to rub my nose and shit. So I guess Biden, Biden will work. Uh, and so that may cancel out the Bernie or bus people. Right. And, and- I, I think you're right. I think that, that, that some of those moderate independents like Bytko for claims don't exist which she's right. They mm-hmm. do don't exist. Mm-hmm. You lean one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. and, and, <laughs> and a lot. Do. And I think some of former uh, Trump supporters in the Republican Party uh, are are old and mm-hmm. uh, want to get into heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a that's a really yeah. interesting insight. And you know what? I don't disagree with that. I think that's a right. a yeah. fascinating I, angle on it. And a lot of his initial voters, not the not the hardcore crazy ones. Mm. Uh, I actually saw a MAGA run free in Los Angeles the other day. It was weird. Um, but uh, it was really weird. It was a free range MAGA and it was on Ventura Boulevard and it was very frightening. He said, hello. I averted my eyes, but um, Stop he, he, didn't see the sh- he didn't see the shirt I was wearing. So that was good. Anyway. Um, <coughs> uh, so, so the thing is, is a lot of people were duped by Donald Trump yes. that voted for him in 2016. Mm-hmm. Those people have had their come to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. They're not voting for him again. In fact, in California, Joe Walsh got 2.4% of the vote against Trump in the primary here. And wow. so did Bill Weld. So, I mean, in LA County in particular, Walsh got 4%. And he's not even wow. running anymore. No, he's not. Right. But you know what? He had some good advice as far as Joe Biden in a general election goes. Joe Walsh tweeted today. He said, some guy on TV just said Joe Biden can't win in November because he doesn't have a message. He has a message, Joe Walsh yeah. says. And the message is, I'm not a horrible human being. I won't be exactly. in, I won't be in your face every minute of every day. I won't lie every time I speak, exactly. and I won't tweet a bunch of cruel shit. That is, Amen. that's a yep. hell of a message. I think that's a winning message. I mean, it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like it, but in this time, and again, one of the mistakes I made in 2016 
was applying old rules and old assumptions to that election. And so I misread what was going on among rank and file voters. But I think this time, yeah, I I think this time uh, something like this kind of message can really, really work because I really think regardless of who you are. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's it's, it's, it's a simple message for a simple nation. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it speaks directly to uh, something that is kind of unspoken right now, but it's certainly in the wind. I think a lot of people are feeling it. I'm talking about not those of us who follow politics 24-7, but rank-and-file voters. I think people are feeling the Trump fatigue in a big, yes. big way. They're tired of yes. Trump dividing their families around Thanksgiving meals. They're tired of their kids being ostracized, their parents being mm-hmm. ostracized. The headbutting buzz that I know you and I have been through to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the fun. it was fun at first, but now it's not. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, here we are. Let's do uh, final thoughts. Buzz, you have any final thoughts on Super Tuesday and moving ahead from this point? Just to pick up on that, I think, and, and thank Jody for bringing forth those numbers and thank yeah. uh, Joe Walsh for producing those numbers uh-huh. because that <clears throat> 2 to 4% gives us some insight mm-hmm. into the sort of peel-off we can expect to see on the Republican side. Mm-hmm. Uh, this yesterday was a win for the Democrats, but it was a win for democracy. Yeah. I think it was a clear message that there will be a huge turnout uh, this November 3rd. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I, I think it's nothing but good news for everybody with the possible exception of of, 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 uh, of Bernie, and he's not out yet. Nope. So uh, th- this isn't over, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it, it, it you could be shovel fighting, as you predicted, Bob, but <laughs> I, I think all in all, we're in pretty good shape now. Okay, and Jody, final thoughts? Well, I think, you know, this is going to sound really weird, but if Bernie is the nominee, he should pick somebody that's moderate yeah, as his yeah. VP choice, right. somebody like a Beto. Because uh, he needs Texas, uh, Ooh, maybe about Deb. Beto O'Rourke would be a perfect. I, I would rather him pick a woman, but Beto would be perfect because Texas, right, <laughs> and right. people do like him. Or you pick a, a Val Deming out of Florida. You got he's. They all have to be strategic in their VP pick. A Kamala Harris pick as VP, lover, mm-hmm. but California's going for the Democrat. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We got Both of these these men have to pick. Somebody that will attract, say, if it's Joe Biden, some progressives, mm-hmm. and they both and and Sanders has to pick a moderate. He yeah. just does, um, and young. Both of them have to be young, and I would prefer somebody of color or, right. and or a woman. And then you've got to be strategic on which state that person hails from, mm-hmm. because Florida is delegate rich. You know, you've got to think Texas, Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, you know, then you've got to also go, okay, Ohio would be great, except Sherrod Brown is our guy. And if we pick him, then the Republican governor is going to put, you know what I mean? You've got to kind of go that way too. And, and picking anybody from Massachusetts or California or New York would be just stupid. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm leaning toward, and I don't disagree with you, uh, Jody, on that in terms of geography, but I'm leaning mm-hmm. toward the idea that maybe that doesn't apply as much as it used to these days. I think m- I hope more, you're right. <laughs> more important are identity, brand, personality i think those things will apply much more balancing the ticket as far as identity goes i think also Mm -hmm. is something that is going to be taken into consideration when people are choosing plus 
Plus that element of being able to take over potentially in four years and exactly. run for one run for president from that springboard. Yep. That's going to be important too. I think I think it's important that both of them choose uh, uh, female and or minority. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that's very important uh, for either of the leading candidates. Yeah, and I agree. And, I agree. And my final thought is uh, don't get happy. Uh, okay, yes. so <laughs> jo- Jody Hamilton's from the from the bunker podcast from dash the dash bunker.com also sexy liberal Buzz Burbank, best hour of news every Thursday. Buzz Burbank Woo! news and comment. BuzzBurbank.com, uh, RealmNetwork.com, everywhere you get your podcast. Thank you both for Thank penciling you. me in for a, a human-animal hybrid of our Tuesday-Thursday shows uh, <laughs> today. Really, really appreciate it. This has been great. We need to do this more often. Consider yourself penciled. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. See you uh, tomorrow, Jody, and we'll see you on Tuesday. All Bye. right. Have a great week.